Okay, so I'd like to welcome everyone to the first episode of the Dimensional Cascade podcast. My name's Aiden. Uh, with me in the room I have... Tom. Taylor. Ricky. All right. So there may be all sorts of technical problems with this. It's the first time we've tried to record a podcast. Uh, we're all noobs here. Um, we're going to be talking about our favorite hobby, Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, we want to put a little bit of a focus on the area that we're from, which is the Pacific Northwest um, in the United States. Um, but, As you can tell by the accent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can't place anything on my accent. Born in Australia, raised in Ireland, living in America. I, I don't know. Uh, dude, you just kicked the stand. I told you at the start of the podcast, don't kick the stand. Come on, Tom. Yeah. Focus. Yeah. Focus. Right. Head in the game now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to cover off uh, an upcoming tournament that's uh, coming on Sunday, Sparkle Party Deathmatch, number two. Two. Um, the second coming. We, yes. <laughs> the second sparkling. It's, it's the sparkling. second shining. It's, <laughs> nice. No, I think I think the official sub subtitle is uh, "Hold, Hold on. on, it's about to get dicey." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we should have a we should have a subtitle uh, contest for the third one. Uh, Would that be good? Yeah. No, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So uh, after we talked about that, um, we've got some news. Uh, we'll have a look at, at uh, general hobby news, uh, and then we're going to uh, go into our hobby section where we're mostly talking about movement trays and how to how to build those, um, and we'll probably wrap up with some uh, juicy internet rumors, which will be swiftly out of date. But um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <clears throat> so just to, to kind of run, uh, I want to go around and, and uh, let people know a little bit about uh, who we are. Uh, all that sort of stuff. I'll start off, and then uh, we'll just go around. And tell around people what Dimensional Cascade is. And, yeah, and we'll, we'll do all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I figure if you found the podcast, you probably found the website. Sure. Um, but Dimensional Cascade is a forum that Ricky and I started about three months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it is. it was specifically when we started it, it was for uh, Warhammer fantasy players in the Seattle area. Um, and it's kind of still the main focus of the forum, but now, of course, uh, with the podcast, we're going to have a podcast on there. We'll probably attract uh, people who are outside of Seattle. Uh, it's also where we advertise Ricky's tournament, which is um, Sparkle Party Deathmatch. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows what it'll evolve into, but that's what it is right now. The reason it's called Dimensional Cascade, <laughs> obviously, in the book, everybody's dreaded rolling that two to four on the miscast table and getting a Dimensional Cascade. A mm -hmm. uh, little bit of a tongue-in-cheek pun because we live beside the Cascade Mountains. So, All right. Uh, so, yeah. Are we gonna Are we going to keep it as strictly fantasy? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. None of that round base yeah. shenanigans. <laughs> just, just, just the yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just wondering, like, because our neighbors play fantasy, so or, um, no, they play forty k. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally, my next door neighbor plays forty k. <laughs> Time to move. It seems like there's, uh, <laughs> there's enough forums out there for people who do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I know, and uh, you know, th that's a rental, so you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, my name's Aiden. Um, I collect wood elves, and I just started collecting lizardmen. Uh, but wood elves are my my first love. Um, I think I've got about well, I've got more than five thousand points of them now because I just played a five thousand point battle, and I didn't use all of my models. Um, but I have about two and a half thousand points painted. Um, lizardmen. I just started with 
Christmas presents and nothing is opened, nothing is, well, I think I've opened one box, but nothing is cut oh, or cheater. anything. Yeah, um, I gotta plan that all out and build a beautiful display board and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I've got plenty of time to do that because I've got a full army to play with in the meantime. Uh, how about we go the other way direction this time, Ricky? Um, I have five armies. Uh, <laughs> do you ever have the battle of the five armies with your five armies? Uh, I don't have, I, I guess I could. I do have goblins and I do have elves. Um, I do have dwarves. I don't have any humans though. There were, there were humans in there, weren't there? You could use lizard men instead of humans. Uh, that's There's certainly. also like a whole army of yeah. wolves, which... Yeah. Is that the uh, fifth army? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your fifth the army? Wargs. The wargs. Yeah, yeah, the warg army. Um, I have dwarves, um, lizardmen, uh, skaven. Skaven. Uh, skaven could be wargs. They're hairy. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have two editions of goblins, and I think... Did I say... I think, I, I think that gets all five. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricky is also on uh, the Tale of Painters blog, the yeah. Token Fantasy Painter. Yeah, I'm the Token Fantasy Painter <laughs> on Tale of Painters. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. The guys there um, invited me to join the blog. Um, I haven't uh, since they inv invited me. I haven't had as much time as I was hoping to really uh, dig in and do a lot of posting. I just uh, organizing Sparkle Party has kind of taken over my life the last couple months. But uh, that's uh, finally to a point where it's going to kind of run itself, I think, and um, it'll be just small refreshes every time, and so I'll be able to do some more of that. So, Cool. Yeah. Taylor. What was the question? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Ricky. Uh, your credentials. Yeah, your, your hobby your credentials. credentials. Ta Taylor's our favorite noob. Yeah. <laughs> token noob. He's the token noob. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. We're um, trying to convert him away from magic theft. <laughs> well, I'm the youngest guy out of our group that plays, and I've played the least amount, yep. and I'm pretty sure I have the least amount of armies, but I'm getting with there. With one? Yeah, with one. But it's demons. It's true, it's basically three armies in one, because I haven't played, I haven't dabbled in Slanesh yet. I'm not going to. Apparently once you Slanesh, you can't go back. That's why I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to. You'll start wearing latex everywhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> Granted, I do that anyways. But... <laughs> But only on certain nights of the week. Only, only <laughs> my dreams. Um, I play Demons of Chaos, and I really enjoy Demons of Chaos. I think they're kind of limited, but I think they're really good at what they do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it's a great starting army. Yeah. Yeah. Except it ignores like half the rules. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Okay, so Beastmen is my main army. I love the fluff and the models of the Beastmen, which is what got me into them in the Grr, first place. The fluffy Beastmen. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the fluff of the Beastmen drew me in. And um, obviously the army book is kind of old and dated, but I actually managed to find that. a competitive way to play with Beastmen, which might be surprising. Um, maybe I can talk about that some other time. Um, any other Beastmen players out there will know me as Billy Ocean from the Hearthstone forum. Um, but I haven't posted there for a while, largely because I switched over to start collecting a new Chaos Dwarf army recently. And that's the one I'm going to be entering in the upcoming tournament. Power Gamer! <laughs> I feel like after, you know, three years hard time with the Beastmen, you deserve a slightly power gaming army for your next one. That's the thing. You, you play with an underpowered 6th edition army for long enough, and it just makes you a better general. I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, there's, there's true a lot in that. I'm not going to have any of that. 
No, 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 no. I jumped into jumped into demons. When you have a lot of bad <laughs> matchups, you learn how to avoid those matchups and control the game in in different yeah. ways, yeah. so that you don't have to take them. So I think it does make mm. you a better player. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of funny when you and I played uh, Wood Elves versus Beastmen. I think that was the first time I ever saw you move your troops forward. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So m yeah, my competitive way of playing with the Beastmen is to take a whole lot of Death Magicians, a Herdstone and essentially snipe off everybody else's characters before they get close to me. So, um, while redirecting them with chaff and all that. Obviously Jeez. it doesn't work so well against the Wood Elves, because no. they want to stand back and shoot me. <laughs> yeah. Alright, cool. <clears throat> so, let's, uh, let's talk about Sparkle Party Deathmatch then. So, the first one of these was run in October. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, why did you start running it? Um, you know, what's tell us about the, the name. What's yeah. the inspiration? Where'd the name come from? <laughs> I know what a sparkle party is. Uh, I, know I don't know what a sparkle party is. is. A sparkle party is like a crazy German kind yeah. of raunchy dance party. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Which everybody, like... It's a fun has video. Has written all There's a specific video of it. There's a, there's a video of sparkle party. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, so... Sparkle, the, the name, the origin is um, Nick Jones. Uh, he's a pretty clever and funny guy, and he, he just always, uh, he's always mumbling funny things under his voice. And so I actually just, I, I asked him to give me a name for the tournament, and he just started, uh, like, vomiting a bunch of stuff back. And um, eventually Sparkle Party Deathmatch came up, and, and I was like, Perfect, done. That's all I needed. That's the one. Nice. <laughs> it was just random enough. So, um, and then the unicorn just kind of flowed right yeah, out. Yeah, you know, um, I I want to keep it. I, I've always wanted to keep it lighthearted. Um, the one thing I like about um, Warhammer is um, having fun, hanging out with friends, playing games, laughing. Um, a lot of my armies have the random tables and um, <laughs> will often kill themselves more than others. And I, I like the humor of that. Um, and uh, so for, for me, uh, I wanted that to translate to a tournament. Um, it's not that I'm opposed to people who want to come and power game. I think that, you know, that, that actually has its place at Sparkle Party 2. Um, I tried to make it so that people who want to play to, to win the best general are able to go and, and do that and I also wanted to make it so that people who were there to just have fun felt welcome and um, weren't uh, totally put out by it um, and uh, the, the whole origin of it was that uh, the Seattle Battle Bunker um, was uh, downsized to one of the closet stores uh, they used to organize a monthly tournament um, which was a lot of fun, um, and I think it was kind of the center for a small community. And um, once they decided to close the bunker aspect down and just go to one of the two-table, small, one-person stores, um, it, they weren't going to be able to host the tournaments, and there was not really any um, reliable tournament scene in the Seattle area, and I wanted to keep that going. Um, to keep the community going, uh, to and to keep the the game and the fun going, and uh, so that's when I decided uh, um, to organize it. And I talked to Card Kingdom, and uh, they were um, more than happy to host and 
well, I just had to do a bunch of work. <laughs> so so uh, I got to work. Uh, I started probably last August, and the first tournament was in October. And uh, the goal is to do, and it's actually been um, pretty easy. We have one scheduled for every quarter. Um, and we, the first month of every quarter, we try to target the second Sunday. Um, if the, you know, sometimes Card Kingdom has to uh, push us one way or the other due to some, something they might actually have going on as well. And uh, so we work with them on that. But um, so far, the, the first event was great. Um, I think uh, there were a few uh, problems we had with some scorekeeping, um, which I, I learned some lessons from. Um, but I was totally fine with that because it meant I came third. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course yeah. Jeez. Um, uh, but in general, I think uh, what I was going for was, uh, uh, overall, my first goal was fun. I just wanted everybody who showed up to have a good time. Um, I think I think I mainly accomplished that. I'm not, you know, I can't please all the people all the time. Maybe um, rage stormed but out. But no, the there were no flipped tables. There was mm. no... Um, I'm going to do it. There was no thrown <laughs> dice that yeah. I saw. No um, thrown dice. That's um, good. Reigns of magic. Uh, <laughs> we, we managed to get 19 players, and I had to step in as an alt, um, and Tiffany, my girlfriend, had to um, step in and do, do what I had <laughs> intended to do, which was my job, which was to do paint judging mm -hmm. and... Um, and actually the scorekeeping and officiating. And she jumped in on that and uh, big very, thanks to very her. Very big thank yeah. you, yeah. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the really nice things about doing it somewhere independent, like Card Kingdom and somewhere that doesn't necessarily specialize in Warhammer anyway, mm -hmm. is that if we're in there kind of taking over the store that day, then a lot of people are going to be exposed to, yeah. Yeah. to the yeah. game who wouldn't normally be Yeah, that's a, exposed that's to a great a part with Card Kingdom is they are a high-traffic store. It's, it's incredible the amount of people they get through there on, on any given day. And, you know, most game stores go in and... That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. We, 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 don't wanna, we don't want to roll dice with those guys. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, they're, it's, it's, it's really great. You go in and you'll get a lot of questions and a lot of uh, interest and, and, you know, people eyes pop out yeah, when they yeah. see those huge armies on the table. You're going to see like yeah. people popping in to pick up their first war machine army or something mm -hmm. and then see us playing Warhammer and be like, whoa, yeah, yeah. That's, play a game that's with more not an army? Models? This <laughs> is an army. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to so, be sold. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, that's one of the reasons I was attracted to Warhammer over all of the other games is because you do feel such an impressive mm -hmm. looking mm -hmm. force. Just the aesthetic. The aesthetic. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, that leads on to the the painting side of of uh, the tournament. Actually, because you you're uh, obviously very into that side of the hobby, mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the points in the tournament come from uh, how well presented your army is. Yeah. So um, I wanted uh, as part of the um, making the the tournament accessible and cater to everybody. Um, I wanted to make uh, painting um, a, a sizable portion of the tournament. Um, if somebody came in who was very serious about painting, I wanted it to to really kind of swing them um, to winning best overall. Um, I keep the categories for best general and best and best painted um, fairly clearly defined and separate, and then best overall truly is the best overall, and I try to keep it if. If you are the best at painting and you are the best general, you still can win the best overall. Um, I don't, you know, because if those people are truly dedicated to each silo, 
then yeah, they deserve to win it. But yeah, so um, th uh, three quarters of the tournament is based on your battle points, and the other quarter is well, actually, I guess there's we're doing um, kind of a sportsmanship vote, like favorite opponent, which is a small percentage, but um, uh, yeah, a pr pretty much a quarter of the potential is painting because um, I myself am, yeah, like you said, huge into the painting aspect of the hobby. Yeah. So um, I wanted to give that uh, a place for people who wanted to come out and try and flex their muscles in that. And I'm trying to encourage it in a way um, that is very objective. Um, and I encourage, uh, I give the players uh, the same score sheet that I'm going to be filling out and I ask them to fill it out themselves and to actually uh, call out anything that they feel um, I might miss. So if they spend a lot of time trying to do some freehand mm -hmm. um, and they're worried I'm not going to notice it, then I encourage them to call it out so that I can see it and make sure that they get those points. And um, yeah. uh, I'm trying to keep it so that it's, it's the effort that shows, not the overall effect because mm -hmm. not everybody has the same skill mm -hmm. and um, I <clears throat> you wouldn't want to penalize someone you know yeah. maybe even like a younger guy uh, exactly. who, who spent hours and hours and hours. I'm thinking even younger than you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, has spent hours and hours painting this army I mean it might look like uh, mm -hmm. he, he just splashed paint all over but it people but really need the positive absolutely and uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great plan. You know, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, there's there's the people who do that. They'll spend months painting an army, and and in general, it it might not look that good. And then there's somebody who walks in with a you know, an airbrush and years of of trained yeah. skill that can or knock out an army in a month and blow the other one away. Um, but I want them to both, if the effort is made, get very nearly the same score. Um, is which, what so is, my goal is, is the model count somehow factored in as well, same as you'd expect somebody doing a very low model count army to be able to produce a higher, no, a higher, a better no. quality overall on their models just because they have fewer of them. And um, no, I, I, I don't think that um, model count really plays into the score sheet at all. Like uh, the the only time that I think model count comes in is as a tiebreaker. For I think I use it as the tiebreaker for best, best painted. painted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody, um, if they come up with the same scores and they're both sitting in first place, I'm going to take the person who painted the most models. Right. Um, Makes sense. The person who painted 200 yeah. slaves. Yeah. <laughs> so that if that guy a, wins best general, I'll be put out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So let's talk about uh, Sparkle Party Deathmatch 2. One of the things that I really liked about the first one was that the scenario was defined ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, in that case, it was a, a variant of Blood and Glory uh, where it wasn't an auto win, but there were bonus points um, for, for Breaking Fortitude. Uh, this time around, it's, it's similar, I think, in that it's a variant of the Watchtower. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna try and talk through the scenario because I hope I have it in my head now properly. <laughs> and then you can correct me if I get anything wrong. And then we want to talk a bit about how we can prep for that, for that scenario. How to win it. I yeah. simply know the yeah. misfire table. Yeah. <laughs> so so in this, in this scenario, it's called the Watchtower of Doom scenario. 
And if that is your real name. If that is your real name. <laughs> everything has to have a subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subtitles so, make things better. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Watchtower of Doom uh, is placed right in the center of the table at the start of the game. Um, after sides are chosen. After sides are chosen, yep. but before, before you deploy anything. Before you deploy anything. <clears throat> yep. So then uh, you roll uh, scatter dice and, uh, and the artillery dice. Mm -hmm. And uh, you scatter the tower um, as indicated by the dice. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a hit, you still move it based on the arrow. No, if it's a no, hit, it's it's a hit, it stays. Hit, it stays in the center. It's a misfire. It's a misfire. <laughs> then, then it stops being a regular three-story <clears throat> watchtower mm -hmm. and turns into one of half a dozen buildings that you roll on a chart. Yeah. It's all to ego. I have a yes. uh, yeah. yeah so if you can tell us what those yeah. options are that it might turn into. Uh, I'm super excited for that. I hope it happens to me. I yeah, played this so three times it, and it is, hasn't happened to me yet. It switches really over to an alternate personality and it either becomes the Acropolis of Heroes, the Dwarf Brew House, the Haunted Mansion, the Sigmite Shrine, the Tower of Blood, and the Wizard's Tower. Oh, the Wizard's Tower. But other, it still is a building you can it, garrison. Yeah, then it's still, the it, building it still apply. counts as a three-story building, mm -hmm. and you still have to try and garrison it. It just has those additional rules to it. Okay, interesting. So so let me see if I can remember this right. Um, Acropolis of Heroes. Yeah, we're going to need to break yeah, out the book break out for the this. Book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a little uh, sketchy here's on Taylor's handing me mine over. Do you want to read it? Yeah, see if I can get it. Um, <laughs> So you, yeah, it'd be interesting to just, because I've played the scenario three times now and the building has never turned okay, into so something else. the Acropolis so. of Heroes. So you do. <laughs> and you, and it would be interesting just to think about how the things it turns into might affect the strategy somehow. Yeah, I, I think I tried to pick the buildings that didn't favor forces of order yeah. or destruction too much. That's a good That's idea. Good. Um, uh, I think there is one that is for order and one that is for destruction, but I tried to give it the balance. So the Acropolis of Heroes is units within six inches are stubborn. Um, mm -hmm. And pl plus, plus one, one to hit. hit in close combat if you're in the garrison. Yeah. Yeah. If you're garrisoning it. Yeah. Mm. It's nice. Go. Like yeah, because who, oh, whoever's garrison in the building already has stubborn, so and, that doesn't uh, really what was the, affect here, I'll go back. Dwarf Brewhouse was the next one. Yeah. For the Acropolis of Heroes, is it a plus one to hit in close combat, or does that come for yeah. shooting as well? No, just close combat. Close okay. combat. Yeah. So the Dwarf Brewhouse is uh, any units within six inches are immune to psychology and stubborn. Uh, due to the rich blend of hops, malts, and secret ingredients, <laughs> rendering them almost totally insensate to mortal fears. Mm, yes. <laughs> nice. They become demons. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's <laughs> a demon, right? All right. Or undead. Everybody's a demon. Oh, that's interesting. It affects dwarfs. Um, so anything, <laughs> any dwarves within six inches are unbreakable, uh, but must pass a leadership test at minus three if they want to move out of the range of the building's effects. <laughs> now, would, the, would this apply to chaos yes, dwarves? Will. It does you are because a dwarf. dwarf. Yes. <laughs> you totally <laughs> have to roll that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There was there was a whole debate about this recently on the Chaos Dwarf forum as to whether dwarfs count chaos dwarfs count as dwarfs for dwarfs oh, for oh, special and, rules and for that hatred dwarfs, and stuff like, like hatred dwarfs. Yeah. I, I I believe that they are in Sparkle I think party. it makes sense. Yeah. I, it does I make, sense. make sense. You're you're an elf if you are a high elf or a dark elf or a wood elf. <laughs> yeah, you're still right. an elf. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Sparkle okay, so then the uh, the dwarven race. Yes. <laughs> we, we, do we don't discriminate. discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're all one dwarf to us. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
I like that. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, the women all have beards too, right? So. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Just how I like him. Kind of like Tom. So the Haunted Mansion was the next one? Yes, it was. Okay, so the Haunted Mansion, uh, at the end of the shooting phase, all units within six inches of the Haunted Mansion suffer D6 strength one hits to represent the spectral strikes of the Mansion's Guardians. No armor saves. But a a unit inside the Haunted Mansion causes fear. Does the unit inside also take the hits? Exactly the question I was going to say. It doesn't say... Um, it just says within six within inches. Within six inches. That would so, yes, pr- probably... Would. Yeah. I would say that yeah. they do. Yeah. Mm. So people garrisoning it would... At the beginning of every magic... <laughs> at the beginning of the magic phase. End of the shooting End, end of, of the shooting, shooting phase. phase. Yeah. Okay. So, so just give everyone immune to psychology or fear. <laughs> Everything my army already has. Everyone gains demonic instability. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Everyone's demonic for reigns of chaos. Yeah. That would be amazing, actually. So, uh, well, it's only strength one hits, so it's not the end of the world. Although it's no armor. When you have a, yeah, when you have a very low model count army that relies on their armor saves... It's kind no. of... It's true. Broken! Keep, it's broken! Keep, keep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to rage crush if I roll that. Sigmarite Shrine. Okay, so this is the first of the one that's uh, uh, aligned. So any models belonging to an army of the forces of destruction must re-roll successful (coughs) ward saves if they're within six inches. Gross. That's awesome. No. (laughs) Wait, do the Chaos Dwarfs have... There's a lot of Chaos Dwarf stuff coming out here. Do we have an official alignment? Yes. yes. Force of Destruction. I think everything with Chaos Come on. Force of Destruction. But we're, sure not, we're not written in the back of the book. There's you're a not, table in the back of the book. You're not, you're not in any book at all? No. So do you want to bring your army or not? <laughs> you just be banned from the whole tournament. Right. I'll be Forces of Destruction. Yeah, yeah, your Destruction. That's it. Right. There you there you go. Go. A lot of rerolling. Uh, the Tower of Blood. Can I just be Forces of Destruction when it suits me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tower of Blood, any unit within six inches has the Hatred special rule. Um, units from the Forces of Destruction within six inches also have Frenzy. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. There you go. But <laughs> what's going to happen is oh, wait, uh, you frenzied. lose the Frenzy as soon as you move out of range. Ooh. So if you're going to be Frenzied, then you would pursue someone and presumably pursue out, out, of, pursue range. out of range. and then. But in a key combat, it's going to... Well, yeah, you're, if you're attacking, yeah, it, when it's you're attacking actually, the everybody's going to have extra attacks, so that's mm-hmm. going to make the combat much deadlier. It, you're going to have... Well, either way, everybody's yeah. going to have yeah. extra so attacks. So, yeah. if, you, if your unit already has Frenzy, then you it doesn't double stack. Frenzy. Yeah. Well, like, the third level spell, I think it is, in Slanesh gives the unit Frenzy, and if it already has Frenzy, it... Yeah, yeah that's, like a, that's a specific rule yeah. for okay. that spell. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't stack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it says in the rulebook that that if someone has multiple of a special rule, it doesn't stack right. unless it explicitly says so. Like, like having scaly okay. skin five up twice doesn't give you three up scaly skin. <sighs> if only. That if would be nice. only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last one is the wizard's tower. Correct. My personal favorite. Okay. A wizard within three inches of the tower at the start of the magic phase. Uh, is assumed to ransack the tower's library in search of additional spells. He is treated as knowing all the spells from his chosen lawyers of magic for that phase. Oh, it's so good! So it's just lawmaster for that phase, okay. basically. Yeah. Ew. But if he has more than one lore than he knows, he's lore master for both of them. So can you imagine a slam with all of the signature Bond spells? It's yeah. like, oh, oh, I boy. know every spell! Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Kairos Fate Weaver. 
Yeah. It's a demonic special character. Yeah. Who can know one <clears> spell. <throat> he he gets to pick specifically eight spells, one from each mm-hmm. battle order. Yeah. So yeah. Then, just yeah. So yeah. then he just knows all the spells. Now, what yeah. if you have a bound item that has a spell from a different no. law? Like, no. it doesn't okay. be of It's got to no, be the wizard. Count. It's got to okay. be the wizard. Yeah. You don't know the lore at that point. All right, so that's interesting. But as Thomas pointed out, it's really unlikely that, that you're going to roll. That's a one in <laughs> one six, six chance. chance. Mm-hmm. So you've got a 50-50 chance. With 30 games happening that day, it's going to happen... Oh, it's more than 30. So. It's 45. 45 games? Yeah, so there's no. 30 people signed up, which mm-hmm. is 15. Sure, 45, 45, 45 games. It's going to happen a fair number of times. Yep, I seven hope and so. a half. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> I hope it's me every time. I should, <laughs> I should have increased the odds, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah. Well, it's a little bit of fun, you yeah. know, to... But, and, and there's a there's a fair number of people who are fairly new to the game there, and I don't want them getting bogged down in extra yeah. rules. Right. That was going to be my so. question. Is it going to be like our playgroup where, like, some people just like to win really hard? Some people are going <laughs> to... Yeah, it's a tournament. Some yeah. people are going to like yeah. to win really hard. Yeah. Um, and, you're, and then you're going to find people who are there to... Have fun. Yeah. So before we get too off track, why don't we f- we finish talking about the the Switch victory the conditions and yeah. parameters yeah. of the scenario? Well, we haven't even finished up with about. So we've talked it. about the the tower yeah. scatters, yeah. as shown by the artillery and, and uh, yeah. scatter dice. And if you roll a misfire, it changes into one of those things we just discussed. But then, what what about the rest of the scenario? So then the deployment rules come into effect, where you you must deploy a minimum of twelve inches away. Mm-hmm. Including scouts mm-hmm. from the tower. Yeah, uh, and this can guard. this can and often does end up putting um, no man's lands into people's uh, deployment zones because the tower will move towards a deployment zone, and mm-hmm. um, it can split a deployment zone, uh, which um, is an intentional mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I <clears throat> one of the mechanics I like is uh, for dawn attack. Uh, forces people to deploy their army in a way that they never would have yeah, normally. Yeah, I like and um, I like having that to, to test people's skill. Um, I, I know um, when I, one of the ways that I played my Skaven was, was um, very conservative, and um, as long as I was able to deploy it the same way every time, uh, there, there was really no way anybody could get any points off of it. And... Dawn attack would break that, and yeah. so it, it it's kind of fun to break that up for people. You definitely can't be stuck um, in a rut as to yeah. exactly how you set your army up. There was initially a lot of um, people who were who were worried that oh man, it's going to make it so I can't deploy my army because it won't fit. And um, as before, I even put this scenario out there to people. I I did play with it. I I set my armies up, um, both my Skaven and my Night Goblins, with the tower. Um, Taking away the maximum possible. So scatter um, ten inches directly, yeah, directly towards, towards your deployment my deployment deploy- deployment zone, which take a huge chunk out. Right. And I'm still able to deploy easily twenty five hundred point lists. You just maybe can't maximize your leadership yeah. bubbles exactly. So it how forces you to. you to make decisions. Like with my night goblins, I had to put anything that wasn't immune to psychology on one side and everything else immune, <laughs> yeah. immune to psychology on the other. Yeah, with the and, general. Um, so there's choices that have to be made when it happens. And that's why I want people to pick their side at the table mm-hmm. before you scatter the tower because that's going to change how you deploy. So it's kind of interesting that you've chosen your side and then the tower scatters. So if the tower scatters towards mm-hmm. your side of the table, you have both a bonus 
and, and possibly a, a, a penalty, yeah. yeah, the bonus being that, mm -hmm. as we're going to discuss later, <laughs> getting into that tower is one of the key dynamics of the game and yeah. holds a fair few victory points, so mm -hmm. the penalty that comes with that is that maybe your deployment zone is thrown off a little. Yeah. So one of the questions I had was <laughs> whether you can vanguard to within inside that 12-inch bubble. Ooh. Uh, you sh you should be able to because but most things that can vanguard not. can't actually occupy buildings. There's a few yeah. flyers that can, yeah, um, but they wouldn't be able to move into it because vanguard isn't a normal move. It's yeah. a vanguard move, right? Yeah. So um, so you can't deploy scouts within. You can't deploy scouts within, within and vanguard. You can move within the bubble, but you're not going to be able to occupy the building. Mm. Um, but it means you can get in the first turn. That's the only way. Well, most vanguard is like fast cav, fast so cav and flying cavalry can't go into a yeah. building anyway. But that's, I think there's a few monstrous beasts or war beasts that could probably do it. There are, mm. yeah. there are. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's the you know very things few like that are going to be easy to flush out of the tower yeah, anyway sure. by anything else. It'll yeah. be nice just like guaranteeing the first few points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that yeah. actually brings us right on to what the what the tower. Why why right. is it there? What points do you get? So you want to talk us through that? Right? Um, yeah. So the the games are set up on the twenty nil system, um, which is important to start with. Uh, so. Uh, victory points are, you know, like if you're playing Battle Line, um, pe most people know what 20 nil is. If not, you can look it up on the internet. It's probably easier to read it than for me to explain. Um, and then the, the tower itself gives a, a variable of five more points. You can get three points if you occupy the tower at any point during the game. Um, you just got to get something in there and you'll get those three points. Both players can earn those three points. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I didn't like the auto-win feature of uh, Watchtower, and, and that's a huge complaint for most people. So I, instead of doing auto-win, I changed it to if you're in the tower at the end of the game, you get two more victory points. So for the maximum total of 25 uh, victory points. And it also makes it so that people who maybe get in there and still have a unit in there at the end of the game, but still get completely tabled except for that one unit, um, still can get five points and you know so something that would normally be a 20 zil nil could still be a, a 25. So instead of thinking of this as a variant on the watchtower scenario it's almost easier to think of it as a variant on battle line just with some yeah. extra victory yeah. points to be earned by getting into that building or yeah. holding it at the end. Yeah, yeah I, I actually the thing is though that that uh, if if you're a competitive player and you want to be trying to get the maximum amount of points from each round you know, you need to get into that tower. You don't necessarily need to hold it at the end, mm. but you need to have that 23 points or that the or over 20. Nine. Yeah. Um, so that means you gotta consider it as I'm yeah. assa I'm assaulting it a tower has to be part or of defending a tower. For sure. yeah. mm -hmm. So that's that's where I kind of wanted to talk a little but bit. But it's about not. It, what you it's might very need to different from Battle Line, which is just if you start with the tower, you're just trying to defend it. If you don't start, different with from Watchtower. Yeah, different from uh, the, the Watchtower. You're, you're right. You're right. You know, the Watchtower is just a pure attack or defense scenario. If you don't start with it, you're just piling all your troops yeah. in towards that tower. Yeah. yeah. And the really nice thing about this scenario is that it takes that watchtower element which is kind of cool but it's a scenario that you never see in tournaments because it's considered so unbalanced yeah. and it just rebalances it mm -hmm. in a way that you can actually yeah. use that in a tournament which mm -hmm. is I, really cool i think we've all played the scenario now um, yeah. as part of the prep <clears throat> uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how uh, it's affected army selection for you um taylor do you want to start um 
Well, with demons, I mean, there's really not a lot that I can put in the tower. Like... Yeah, all your core. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I can put all my core in there, like, and I don't really have that much variance in core, which sucks for me, but... Like, I... Well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really sad. No, um, it's, really it, sad. it's actually not bad. Awesome I, I'm actually happy with my core. They all do neat little <laughs> things by themselves, but... Like, I think in my list, I'm actually taking, like, besides core, like, three units that can actually occupy the tower. And other than that, I'm just going to try and crush them. So, so your general strategy <clears throat> is take out the opposing army and then worry about the tower yeah, yeah. rather than like the first, like, the, the first, like, four turns, maybe even, like, in, like, late into the fifth or early into the fifth, uh, I'm just going to try and be, like, I'm going to try reaping as much havoc as I can. <laughs> And then I'll worry about the tower because I feel like I could probably get into the tower pretty easily. Yeah. By crushing them. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I I don't know what I could possibly do. Well, you also have flaming cannon, <laughs> right? So interesting building rule is that uh, if you're shooting at a building with flaming attacks, you get to reroll the wound. So actually, if you're assaulting a building with flaming attacks, you also get to reroll the wound. Gross. Yeah. yeah. So. And if you're defending, you don't get the reroll to wound. No, you don't, because yeah, it's generally considered that you're not setting your own building on fire. Right. <laughs> well, you would hope. Yeah. Well, demons yeah, don't might. Don't burn my tower. <laughs> yeah. I'll roll for it. Chaos dwarfs When might. you're attacking yeah. the tower, you want to burn it down, and then you get inside, and yeah. all of a sudden... Beat out the flames. Fighting yeah. the fire you just started in it before you can garrison it properly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, one thing that I'm... I, just don't know off the top of my head because I haven't I'm playing wood elves I have never managed to get anyone out of a building but, uh, <laughs> if you if you're successful in assaulting the building mm -hmm. then the garrisoning unit flees they move to the back side of the building opposite and, the opposite where the attack came uh -huh. and yeah. they're just an inch away facing away from the yeah. building yeah and then so it's not a full-on flee. It's not They've a full-on flee. Pushed out yeah. the door. But then the assaulting unit goes into the building. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Unless they're one of the unless uh, like a monster yeah. or cavalry that so can't that's... occupy, then they're just stuck facing the building still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So you can use your tougher units to assault the building, but they can't garrison it, and then that means you're facing the wrong direction and yeah. all sorts of other things. Okay. Well, and then you also got to consider that most tougher units tend to be um, things that rely on special attacks which buildings negate so things like thunder stomps lances, you can thunder stomp in a building you can thunder stomp in a building can you thunder stomp you can thunder stomp you don't you don't get like i don't get you don't terror. get impact hits yeah. oh okay you don't so get impact, impact hits but yeah. you can still stomp and thunder stomp i believe oh, you yeah. don't get strength bonuses for charging like, for no charge, like, you don't get any charge bonuses okay. yeah no charge bonuses so like and you get no bonuses for ranks or bat uh, right no so the combat yeah the combat result is calculated just based on the casualties caused to each other I'm gonna rely on everyone failing their fear test. <laughs> what about what about if somebody's taking the war banner? I don't think it adds. I think it, it specifically matter. says it matter, yeah. Yeah. calculated it's just only based, based on wounds. That's right. We we read through all of that. Yeah. For me. It was like, yeah, only on wounds. Okay, so that's interesting. So banners don't matter with the tower. No. 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 That, that's okay. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright with that. So what about you, Tom? How does it affect your army? So it actually affected my army selection pretty heavily, and in a way that. I'm really happy with actually has made me kind of switch up the way I want to play the Chaos Dwarf army in general. Cool. So previous, I've only played with Chaos Dwarfs maybe uh, between seven and ten games so far I think 
And to start with, I was playing a very gun-heavy army, uh, a magma cannon, two of the rocket launchers, and, still uh, doing and, uh, <laughs> and a hell cannon as well. So it was really those four artillery pieces blasting away at people, and then all the other points were in a few. <coughs> Jerk. <laughs> yeah, he basically <laughs> traded in his death coven for four war machines, and yeah, <laughs> he right. does the that's same right. thing. So, and that's the thing, it was a kind of negative play style. Again, it was kind of sit back and wait for the opponent to come to you. So for this uh, scenario, I realized that wasn't going to work, because my um, my opponent's probably quite happy for me to sit over on the other side of the board while they claim the tower and just hang out and earn the points that way. Yeah. So I've dropped my Hell Cannon, which is a whopping 210 points, and traded that in to get a Bull Centaur Tauruk, yeah. who is the hero of the Bull Centaurs, and he joins a unit of three Bull Centaurs that I already had. The interesting thing is that the three Bull Centaurs on their own are kind of a very low damage output unit. They are durable, but don't really bring much punch. Mm -hmm. Whereas adding that hero makes them a really quite punchy unit um, that has a a lot of speed as well, and movement 7 with swift stride, so I can cover a lot of distance towards the tower, and actually because they're monstrous beasts rather than monstrous cavalry or anything like that, they can go into the tower, so yeah. they're my prime tower assaulting unit, and the goal is to really just zoom them up, kind of one of the flanks, get them into the tower, hold it, if that's the way that, that's looking best in the game then. Otherwise, if I need to uh, be fighting my opponent, just pop them back out again, claim the three points, and get on with crushing the rest of the, the army. All right, cool. The interesting thing is that uh, we'll probably be um, publishing this podcast after the tournament. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to crush them and then take the tower. Yeah. You're, like, you're like, whatever, I'm just going to take the tower and then crush him. <laughs> it's all good. I, I, so I've played this scenario three times now in my practice, and I've, yeah. I've won each of those games so far. And they've all been, some, they've been pretty different. A couple of the games worked out just like I said. I got those bull centaurs straight into the tower, yeah. and then was able to kind of dictate the rest of the flow. My last game, the tower scattered way towards my opponent's deployment zone, and I realized it was going to be best to just try and do what Taylor said essentially, smash try first. and s smash some face first and then worry about the tower at mm -hmm. the end of the game. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. so for me, uh, any kind of building assault for Wood Elves is is not good. Uh, <laughs> it, it really isn't. So the, the tricky part with the building assault is you can only send 10 troops in or or three uh, monstrous infantry or one, uh, one monster. How many elves can you shoot with? You can shoot it with as many as you want. Seems alright. It's, uh, it, it's hard cover, so it's minus two to hit. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, generally, once you get into short range with what else, then you get into range of all the other weapons that they might be shooting back at you, and you're only toughness three with no armor save. So yeah, assaulting the building is not great. Um, so what I've done differently in this is I've taken a, a big unit of, of uh, Glade Guard, not Eternal Guard, Glade Guard, who are the archers. Uh, and uh, pop the wizard in with them who has a, a magic item that gives the whole unit a five up ward. So mm -hmm. uh, the reason behind that is, uh, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one way to get uh, uh, a save on something that otherwise doesn't have one. Uh, put another character in there with the load, obsidian lodestone so that you get a two up ward against magic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and the idea is that I want to try and use that unit to get into the garrison if I can. Sorry, get in and garrison the building if I can. And then it's a lore of life wizard, so boost toughness, regen, regrow the unit, whatever it takes to mm -hmm. just hold on to that tower. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big unit, so that it can soak a lot of damage. So, but what if, what if your opponent decides to just let you have the tower? You have a thousand point unit or something in the tower, leaving you with only 1500 on the table, and they decide to just wipe the rest of your army that you have on the table. I'm okay with that, because... <laughs> <laughs> For a start, the 1500 that's on the table is pretty damn tough. It is tough. Right? It's, tree it's man, two tree men, six tree kin, mm -hmm. um, and true. a noble and an eagle. Uh, it's all multi-wound models, so they can all be healed by the wizard. Mm -hmm. uh, so if, if I keep them near the tower, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. You're almost happy to just let them hold up the opponent's units and yeah, keep your towers safe. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty good. Yeah. I think for assaulting the tower, tree kin are going to be my first choice. Uh, you know, they got three attacks each and Roll. stomps, and I yeah. like them. Um, weapon skill five or something? <laughs> they're, super they're only weapon skill four, but they're strength of tough five, Yeah, nice. uh, which is which is good. They um, just tear through my trolls every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> they, are, they are good. You pay for them, but they're good. Magma yeah. cannons work well against them. Yeah. Yeah. Those work good against yeah. anything. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, true. Magma cannons just kill everything. In fact, in fact, my game with the magma, against the magma cannons is what made me bring back the uh, Eagle Noble. Yeah, you uh, need that speed that to get the twenty-inch move with machines. the two-up flaming ward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the other possibility I have for assaulting the tower is two tree men who can shoot it with their strangle attack. Uh, mm. So you can just shoot straight into the building. Mm. Um, now, interestingly, if if the building is touching a forest, does that count as as being the unit being partially within a forest? Yeah. 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 So that's I can move the forest right up to the building, and then <laughs> <laughs> hit them with a strength five strangle root instead of strength four. Mm, and that doesn't have to roll to hit. It's just no. Auto you just artillery you dice roll the artillery dice with the hits. hits. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. when I um, that's really yeah. nice. When I wrote the scenario, uh, I set up a priority for how the tower scatters with other terrain. Mm. You know, if it ends up on the side of a hill where it's just going to fall over, I said you can move the hill and then place the tower either on top of it or on the ground. But if it goes into woods, it just goes into the woods and you move the trees. And, yeah, and they so, can go into the woods. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so people, you know, like units will be disrupted trying to get in there and all that kind oh, of stuff. That'll be exciting. Yeah. So I have a question for you about this. So this item that gives, you can give an entire unit a five up ward save yes. that the wood elves have. How much yes. does that cost? 75 points. Okay, so you More pay your points only. for it. Yeah, it, it also gives you strider. Also gives you Strider. Yeah, the whole unit has Strider and a five up ward. No, the, I, the awesome thing that, that keeps that balanced is yeah. that normally the thing that makes sense to do with the Wood Elves is play an MSU army, so you yeah. never really have that many models benefiting yep. from that thing. Yep, I've but been playing all, Death Star Wood Elves. Yeah, yeah Death Star <laughs> Wood Elves. That kind of it becomes a really that. attractive <laughs> item. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Five up ward for a unit. Yeah, yeah. It must be nice. It is. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I spit at you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Is there anything else we want to talk about uh, Sparkle Party? Um, well, I am doing some special... Um, I have two special awards based on the, the tower. Um, they're called achievements. Um, but the last Sparkle Party Deathmatch 1, I did an achievement for somebody who... Because um, it was based off of Blood and Glory, who didn't get broken... 
um, for all three games. There were, I think, two or three people who qualified. Um, a couple of them had won other awards, so they bowed out, and um, I think the last two people rolled a die for it, and uh, one of them won. This time I have two um, awards. One is for, um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, claustrophobic. So if you never enter um, a tower for all three of your games, uh, you can you can get an award for that. I'm changing uh, my list. An I'm achievement. doing that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I, I I have one for if you uh, get maximum points as well. So um, that's probably going to have several people getting that one. What about we'll the, see. Should be one for entering the most ta the towers with the most different types of personality. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you've had like yeah. two misfires in your game and you can get into three different types of tower. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Maybe we can talk about wh where we're at with our army preparation for this uh, uh, tournament as well. Aiden, you had a fully painted army for the last tournament. Yes, I did. Right? And since then, you've just been focusing on your display board, which you can get extra paint points for. Yeah, so I've built a display board. And it's up there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just here. Everybody it's great, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's great. And after that, I kicked the mic stand. So <laughs> the the display board I'm building is is uh, not quite two feet deep. I think it's about uh, it's one, about eighteen inches. Yeah, deep. One, six. Yeah, about eighteen inches, and uh, but it's two feet wide because it's a small model count army, and I wanted it to feel like it was in a forest. It's got a hill on one side, and it's going to have some trees, and uh, it's it's just a uh, uh, grass matting from. Uh, that woodland scenic woodland scenic that's yeah. the one yeah yeah uh and then and then i've just uh, stuck on stones and uh, various other bits and pieces i've got a waystone for it uh, yes. so yeah um uh, that's the main thing i also painted up a new noble i finally painted the wood off great lord with our rudolph lord with the great sword mm. uh, it's yeah, a beautiful model trying sharp plate it's yeah. sweet mm -hmm. <laughs> yes it is um and uh, yeah, so I was hoping to get some extra points. Uh, last time I didn't have a display board and there was a few other things. I'm like, okay, I want to get 25 points out of my painting this time around. Um, but the one I think I'm going to fall down on is actually what we're going to talk about in the hobby section, which is uh, movement trays. Oh, uh -huh, movement trays. Um, so uh, maybe we'll just keep that to the hobby section. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so what about you, Tom? Uh, so, I, my army is definitely not fully painted for this tournament. As, as I said, Chaos Dwarfs are a fairly recent start for me, so um, in prep for this tournament I've mainly been focusing on finish some, finishing some assembling of models mm -hmm. and a few conversions just to get everything uh, ready for the table. I decided fairly recently to um, put in a small unit of Fireglaive wielding Chaos Dwarfs into this army. I got some third-party models from a company called The Russian Alternative, which look awesome. You should check them out. Um, There's nothing shady about yeah. that name. <laughs> the Russian Alternative. <laughs> Games Workshop from Russia. <laughs> um, they look great anyway, um, so I've been building those. And also, um, I'm actually using the, 
the Games Workshop Dragon Ogre models as my bull centaurs, just because I love those Dragon Ogres so much, but to make them look extra Chaos Dwarfy, I've been green stuffing some big curly beards all over them. That's really been taking, does, been does, taking a fair sweet. amount of my time. Other than that, I'm committed to getting at least one of my units fully painted before the tournament, so I'll probably be up late on Saturday night finishing that up. Nice. 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 Taylor? Um, I think, was it yesterday? Two days ago, the day before last, uh, you made the Beasts of Nurgle, right? Yes, I sculpted a couple of uh, very cutesy Beasts of Nurgle out of out of Sculpey bacon <laughs> uh, clay. What do they look like? Oh, I'll, well, I'll show you after. They're pretty awesome. It's, there'll be some, there'll be some pictures on the uh, I mean, the and it's Nurgle, so they can look like anything. Yeah, yeah they, they it could be anything. I they, want full chibi-style Nurgle, man. That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> They kind of they kind of flesh colored because the sculpey is flesh colored, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah, they uh, <laughs> give them some festering yeah. spots. Yeah, they yeah it'll, it'll you can right. paint them any color you like, but um, but I actually think that once those were made, that was the last thing that I needed. Mm. So, so you've just got your army assembled in time. I've got, yeah, I've got it yeah. assembled, and then I'm gonna super quick Noob. paint job. Come on, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll have most of it painted and no gray, that's what I'm hoping for. Between now and, and Sunday? I'm going to spray it all at least, I hope. Okay, all right, oh, all right. Yeah, okay. So yeah. No yeah. gray. No gray. Yeah. No gray. White, gray. white gray. black, yeah. Well, you could, uh, have, check, uh, Card Kingdom, see, they, they actually, um, Army Painter makes kind of a, a rock green primer. Uh, t there's yeah. uh, there's that whole range that uh, 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 Galaxy Hobby has. Only have small cans. Three units. Oh. But you could. Uh, Two you of could, which are individual pieces. And the others are the others are corn. Um, <coughs> Maybe. You, you could certainly Maybe. go. Uh, I'm not playing. You I can know. tell me. <laughs> you don't even hear your list. I know you're on your list. And he's already played. It. I know. Um, no, it's uh, it's Zinch and corn. And then uh, a little bit Nurgle of as well. Yeah. Oh, you put a little bit of Nurgle in there? A little, little, little spritz of Nurgle. Fully, <laughs> a little fully death sprinkle. You can never fully get rid of the Nurgle. It's no, like no, no, no. The, demon, the demon death sprinkle. You can yeah. never leave broken okay. old Nurgle once you've tried it. Yeah. Once you go Nurgle, well, nobody else wants you, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you can, always, you can always get pink spray. There are, there are special could. websites for people who have been infected by Nurgle. Really? <laughs> who want a date. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Christian pretty Mingle. Sure, pretty yeah. sure. That, yeah. Nurgle Mingle. Yeah. Nurgle Mingle. There you go. Nurglefriendfighter.com. <laughs> okay. All right, great. Well, so that's Sparkle Party Deathmatch. Um, I think we're all getting a little antsy, so we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about uh, uh, movement trays in the hobby section and uh, go through some news and rumors. Cool. Wage World, party time, <laughs> excellent! Okay, so Tom had a great idea where we could talk about our uh, New Year's resolutions as it comes to our hobby. So, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to think about it a little bit, but uh, I know what mine is, so I can maybe start Go while on, you're all sitting there. I have some, yeah. So mine's kind of easy because I'm uh, going to finish off this uh, Wood Elf display board. I think I'm going to use that for uh, my army for the rest of the year. I'm going, to a few uh, I'm going to a few different tournaments with it. But my New Year's resolution is by this point of next year, I want to have my Lizardman army done 
and the display board all done. Ballsy. Yeah. So for Ballsy. Sparkle Party, aim high. Six. Six. Yeah. Sparkle six. Party six. I wanna. I wanna be playing Lizard Man. Nice. And yes, yeah. I'm taking two Carnosaurs. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. Gonna make them look like Venusaurs. No, those are Bastilodons you're thinking Fine. of. Alright. I don't know how many of those I'll take. They totally just look like Venusaur from Pokemon. <laughs> I gotta say. Dude, we're all too old to remember that. Yeah, back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> back when Cartoon Network was good. No. <laughs> okay, I know mine. Yep. It's to make a playable uh, Nurgle and Zinch list and <laughs> make my death metal list. Death, death metal. Yes. So, got Lore of Death and Lore of Metal, and alternate all of the models to have long 80s hair, nice. long 80s uh, hair metal hair. Get some, nice. uh, and get then, some Noise Marine guitars in there. Yeah, yeah well, uh, for, for, uh, for the Pink Horrors, since they have three arms, yep. I was going to get a bunch of uh, double neck guitars. Nice! Yeah. Three arms, though. <laughs> yeah. Like um, and then I haven't really decided what I'm going to do for Nurgle yet, but it'll be something pretty metal. Okay. Cool. And then... It's got to be death for Nurgle. Right? Right. Right? Cause Cause he's, well, yeah. Yeah, so oh, he's sorry. death, and Zinch would be metal. Metal. But you can... Because you can, uh, it sounds like Zinch is going to be like the hair metal part yeah. of it, so you could definitely have Nurgle being the death metal part of it. <sighs> Sold. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. I'll come up with some ideas. That's what I want to do. That's... Like the scream face paint on a bunch of <laughs> bunch of dudes. Dude, they're all screaming anyways. Like their mouths are open and they're like growling and stuff with swords in their hands. <laughs> so, I mean, awesome. like it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. Like yeah. it... you need the white and black face paint. Yeah. That's gonna. I just it. make them all from Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd, be awesome. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So how many points? Two thousand. Uh, I think I'm just gonna try a twenty-five hundred points. Right. And that way, like. If I want to drop down to 2,000, I'll Old have death a, metal I think it's nice. I think that's an achievable goal. Demons yeah. are, you know, they're except for your core, they're they're pretty spendy points wise. So you should yeah. be able to fill it up pretty quick. Yeah, but like I definitely want the core done like soon. Clearly, I'm not working that fast right now, which is unfortunate. But I I feel like I can do it in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. mm. You can uh, put speakers in as unit fillers. Oh yeah, like big, big amps oh, in the middle of the unit. Awesome. Yeah. Build a little mini yeah. drum kit. Oh, oh, oh yeah. In, in the middle of my unit, kit. I could have this guy on like drum, a drum kit. And a drum kit on is your chariot. Yeah. So your chariot is, is a drum kit on Whoa. the back of a chariot. I could get, I could get like little miniature speakers instead of like the the wheels. Yeah. Beast of Nurgle roadies. <laughs> They're all you can freehand the Led Zeppelin symbols all over the place on your banners and stuff. Oh, sweet. And they're be bald with like hands. greasy hair. Yeah. <laughs> Long the greasy skullet. hair, but bald up top. And yeah, scallops. Dude, I would have. There'd be such a sweet display board for that, though. Hey, oh, oh god. Yeah. Uh, the floodlights and everything. Right? Yeah. They'd, oh, they'd be oh playing a concert. Yeah. You're gonna like, have to my, have that. My least... lords and heroes would be playing a concert, and then all of my core and like all my little units would be watching the concert, and they'd be like, yeah. This well, would be the best have, army you contender. Gotta do, right? uh, awesome. You gotta do like a whole bunch of just um, demonettes of Slanesh as the groupies. Yeah. <laughs> you don't Done. ever have to field them, but you gotta uh, have you them, just on, gotta have them on the there board. You there you yeah. go. If only you had 20 years more hobby experience. Right. This would be <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'm gonna try and get it done this year sometime. But that's that's the epic Yeah, that's, that's what I want. That is my... Gate. That's my Warhammer-related resolution. Nice. Magic is that I just need another Charm Wave. 
No, <laughs> magic, you just need to sell your magic cards to pay for your Warhammer hobby. <laughs> but then I'll have one really expensive addiction. Mm. Yeah. Not a bad thing, because you're going to get married. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was sighing, sighing to the, uh, the getting rid of my magic cards. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. She'll probably have forgotten by the time she sees you again. We just won't let her listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're not going to put it on the internet. Or yeah, right. No, nobody will see this. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they don't have the internet in Australia, right? No, they do. It just works backwards. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so she won't be able to understand what you're saying. Exactly. All right. Uh, Tom. New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. Well, my gaming New Year's resolution is four dice max per spell. Oh, really? Like, gen yeah, with my Beastmen, I was pretty cavalier with the six dice oh, and spells. Man. You're going to get greedy once. You're, just gonna, you're gonna get greedy. With the Beastmen, it didn't really matter if I lost my level four that much. There's only 200 points, and I had a bunch of other wizards. With my Chaos Dwarfs, my <coughs> level four is my general, and costs about 400 points, so I'm, mm. I can't risk any dimensional cascades. Yeah. So I I, I'm playing Lore of Metal now, which is a low casting value mm -hmm. lore in general, so I'm going to stick four dice max per spell. No dimensional. I'm gonna get through the whole year with no more dimensional. Oh, cascades. you're just gonna get them all the time. You're gonna get them with two <laughs> dice all the time. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how Against this Against you, I rolled four yeah. dice. Got three sixes. That's true, but that was you. Yeah, you were rolling sixes on everything that game. I, I have two reasons why this is not going to come true for you. This why is year. it not going to come true? The first one is called Final Transmutation. <laughs> goes off on four dice easily. Yeah, easily. I don't know, but it's somebody's somebody's sitting there with oh, six to spell man. dice. You know, you're gonna you're at some point you're gonna throw it. And the second reason is because you're gonna want to get your dimensional cascade counter up on that's the true. You're gonna yeah. get envious of all of us that get, get our double digit dis dimensional. Having said that, you can always throw six dice at a at a lore a lore of what is it lore of fire you lore of fire on my level one on level one zap him off into yeah, the whatever so, no, that's fine <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's all yeah. good I just don't that's want acceptable losses 400 <laughs> model 400 point model to the void I don't know and then more hobby <laughs> hobby uh, kind of resolutions is I want to write a little bit of fluff for my army that's something mm. I, a part of the hobby I never really mm. got into before I want to write some background about where they're from and Cool. Uh, especially for the characters. I think in the next campaign we play, we're going to have a character development dynamic. So I want my characters to have unique backgrounds okay. before yeah. we do that. Cool. Sweet. And then, of course, I want to say I'll paint more. <laughs> but I think the important thing for me is just to paint not more, but paint the right things to build a coherent army mm -hmm. list. Because I do paint a lot, but I generally... I'm always trying out new units and just start painting various models of different units. Whereas if I, you know, pick an army list that I'm kind of happy with and just try and work through painting the actual things in that army list, it'll probably serve me a lot better. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that'll probably tie in nicely with the writing the fluff because I'll write the fluff behind a particular army list and then paint that up at the same time. Nice. Seems good. So that's that, yeah. Solid plan. Cool. Ricky? Um... I have I have a lot on my my list. Uh, I'm gonna be doing um, <clears throat> like Aiden. I'm doing Lizardmen coming up. Um, that was my first army, and the new kits that came out last year have me um, really antsy to get back in there. So I'm gonna be doing at least one, maybe two of each of the new big monster kits, and um, updating all the different uh, units in the Lizardmen just to. Um, do that. Um, we need to make sure we don't, you know, kind of uh, 
get in each other's way with with like color schemes and oh, um, yeah. all that sort of stuff. We want to wow, wow people with all of our uh, awesome lizard men skills. Okay. Uh, make, make them cotton candy. Cotton candy no, dude, right. you can paint your skull cannon so it looks like cotton candy. Gonna... <laughs> Some people take this seriously, down there. <laughs> He told me that. He told me that. He's like, what are you going to start taking this hobby seriously? Not like cotton candy cannons. <laughs> you probably honestly will just naturally ta start taking it more seriously. You'll paint some things kind of funny to start with and then be like, ah, I want this to look badass. You don't know this guy at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have... Um, I bought a, a old box set of Warhammer Quest that was still nice. on the sprue. Woo! Um, got that on eBay for a cheap three hundred dollars. <laughs> Ouch! Whoa. But um, it worth was every penny. Yeah, it was all fully on the sprue, so it, it's worth it. And um, I'm going to be painting that. I want to get that done kind of early in the year. Um, I have a couple of the models from that actually, um, the uh, the expansion models. Oh really? Which ones? Um, I want to say I have the War Dancer. Awesome. And one of the Wizards. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I would just be interested um, in the rules cards to get a copy of those because yeah. I want to, I want to go through. Um, the The goal is to first paint all the original models of the box. Then I'm going to be building a 3D game board of it with the Hearst Arts molds, which are the same things I use to build all the other terrain that I do. Then I want to build a second set that is all done with new plastic kits from GW. So, you know, the Oryx will actually have the new Orc guys nice. and the new Skaven and the new... Um, they don't have really... I think the, the bats that are in Warhammer Quest are better than any that they have currently, things like that would probably stay as they are, but I think there's some things that would be cool to update. The The old Minotaurs are really cool too, but I think getting some of those big Minotaurs from the Beastmen kit would be fun to have. And the Schwarzenegger ones. Yeah, so, super steroid of um, So that's, I think, kind of my second goal, and um, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to make any more goals beyond that, because I, I know that there's going to be uh, I have three more Sparkle Parties to run this year, so there's going to be um, a lot of that. And uh, part of those first two goals is going to be documenting it all for Tale of Painters a lot. And uh, that takes a surprising amount of time to mm -hmm. set up the camera every time. Because I, yeah. I have a small house, and I have to transform the house every time I want to do any aspect <laughs> of my studio. hobby. Yeah, so if I want to get the camera out, i got to take a night to get the camera out and set up all the lights and do all that and if i want to get the airbrush out i have to you know totally... put all the camera stuff away yeah <laughs> i don't have a lot of room so i what i what i do i have to switch up a lot so um so that's gonna be kind of what i'm doing just no those first two no new armies on parade this year um it depends on if i start burning through the lizardmen um, if maybe by uh, January, February, March, April, maybe if by April I have a good start on them, then yeah, I could probably knock out a board in a couple months and and get get them on parade. But uh, armies on parade is definitely fun to do. It really is. Um, so what is, what is it exactly? Uh, what it is is uh, you build um, an army, you build a display board. Uh, the only uh, restriction is the board is two foot by two foot. There's no height restriction, thankfully, 
because some people were doing some really incredible stuff with the vertical space. Um, and you, um, it doesn't even have to be a, a legal army list. It's just you get to display your army um, on that display board. You take it to your local GW. Um, it was, I think it was mid-July this last year was the local, and that's the qualifier. If you win uh, first place there, you get a, well, this is how it was run last year. I'm not sure it's going to be run this this year, but you'll win a, a free ticket to games day. Um, just entry into the event, you don't get, they won't pay for you to fly out there or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, and then if you place first, second, or third, you get um, your, you qualify to display at nationals. So you go to games day and you get, display. Um, this last year I won second at uh, the Battle Bunker, um, but the first place winner, um, she wasn't able to travel out there, so Games Workshop gave me her ticket since I was willing to fly out there. So it worked out pretty well, yeah. Yeah, and it actually segues nicely into our next section, um, because in this month's White Dwarf, uh, your Night Goblins are mm -hmm. are feet. I think you got a four-page spread. This is the the January yeah. 2014 edition of White yeah. Dwarf. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at at the Games Day this last year, they they had armies on parade. Was a, one of the main features there. Was everybody set up their armies, and um, you know there was also the Golden Demon, and then a lot of gaming events and. Uh, but uh, my army was there, and they took photos uh, of everybody's army that went to Armies on Parade, which is uh, for, for anybody who wants to attempt to get some models in White Dwarf. Um, if they do it the same way this year, that's the way to try and get in there. Um, because, you know, you do a reasonable job with your painting and a good display board, and you take it, they're going to take pictures, and you might get it in there. Um, they... They took a lot of photos of mine, and uh, it ended up being, yeah, um, six months later <laughs> in White <Yeah>. Dwarf. <laughs> Four pages of fame yeah. and glory. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, nice. Well, it's a beautiful army. If anybody, if you haven't seen it, uh, Google for uh, Ricky Fisher and Night Goblins, and it will come up for you, no problem. Um, and it, it, it's, it's an entirely Night Goblin-themed army, mm -hmm. uh, Night Goblins and Squigs in a, in a beautiful kind of, D uh, dwarven cavern, cavern yeah. mm -hmm. that they've taken over, um, and uh, uh, you've got some of the Forge World models in there as yeah. well as uh, yeah. uh, squig gobbers, squig gobbers, the giant squig. Uh, what do they call it the gigantic squig, or colossal, colossal, colossal yeah. Yeah. squig. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it looks uh, it looks fabulous on the board. It looks great to play against on on the table as well. All right, so. Uh, other interesting things in this month's White Dwarf, we're kind of going into a new section now. Um, so Jervis Johnson's uh, sections are sometimes interesting in, in the uh, magazine. Sometimes he, he, he uh, comes off with some gems, and it seems like... Uh, it's one of the few bright bright stars left in White Dwarf. It's it true, like. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so once you get past the catalog of new releases, um, Jervis's column this month is about big random tables um, and some of the old Warhammer supplements used to have 
uh, huge random tables. We're talking about tables that you roll dice on, roll dice against that's, and that's get results one, yes. off the table, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. physical not game. Not a physical table, table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, in this month's issue, he has provided uh, a random table for creating a family heirloom or um, for, mm -hmm. for Warhammer fantasy characters or armies to take uh, either in a campaign or before a game. It's a free magic item. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you think of the rules? Uh, I mean, they're obviously just, uh, you know, it's a, totally friendly, friendly game, game thing. Yeah. And I, I love it. I think, um, it, like he said, and I think it's actually the big call out is the trick I realized is to use the tables to add spice to a game, but not dominate it to make it an optional extra rather than something that has to be used. And just by rolling, you know, for one character to have, or I guess you could probably give one unit one of the standards, but I, I would assume it would go to a battle standard there. But just to have them have one extra random thing and have it be a, considered a family heirloom is just kind of fun fluff, you know? And, um, and you know, he said he did it for his gaming group for a campaign, and none of them ever complained that it, it broke any of the games. And, and it's probably true, because, you know, when you stop and think about it, how often does one magical item, no matter how powerful, really win a game? It's usually other factors. So Taylor's got a look on his face like he just bit on a lemon. Yeah. Come well. on, spit it out. What, what, what <laughs> broke your game? What broke my game? Uh, let's see. I think it was against you, actually, and your two-up magic ward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might have broken that game. But that's a getting, have a total getting every single yeah. every single model get hit with the death vortex, and you're like, oh yeah, two of magic ward. Yeah. Oh, you just had a lot of magic resistance. On <laughs> I had the five up ward, uh, Rhymer's heart, and magic resistance, and magic three. resistance three for a two up ward. You gotta get used to that, man. People are no, gonna be no, throwing, I know. throwing the band <laughs> of the world dragon at you. Right oh, in your I face. know. It's gonna be fun. You need to just redirect them while. <laughs> that's what I plan on doing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, going to be White be Lions, great. 30 of them, Man of the World, right? <laughs> you I got a beast of Nurgle. That avoid at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a thing. I, isn't there a vortex that magic resistance doesn't... Metal. Uh, Lord Metal. Uh, Final, Final Transmutation. And yep. Death. Yeah. Death. Uh, there's no saves of any kind allowed against uh, Purple Sun. It's just an initiative mm. test. It's an initiative yeah, test. It's not great Which against White Lions, it's not going to be great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good for a little fun. Kill we'll kill their horses. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, you have a spell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I, uh, I got <laughs> I it. Off topic. I have a spell. One or two. <laughs> He's got one or two spells. I actually list. have like seven. Okay, back on topic. Eight, nine, I like nine, the nine, I like the table a lot, especially for a campaign. For like some of the story elements that could add to a campaign. If this is a family heirloom, you're presumably pretty invested in this item, so you could have a dynamic where if the character carrying that item gets killed, you can assume the other army has stolen your family heirloom. Mm -hmm. and, and then the son a, has to come and go get it. Right, it becomes <laughs> a great like story dynamic of they've stolen this thing that's been in your family for generations and yeah. you have to Do go get it back. have families? Do I still not get magic items? You don't get an heirloom. I still don't get heirlooms? You still don't get heirlooms. What is this? <laughs> Can't be like gift from my god. Handed down from Khan himself. Yeah. Well, you That'd know, there's, there's plenty of old tables. And one of the things that I want to do in, in later podcasts is, <coughs> is the blast from the past section. But there are plenty of old tables in, in like uh, Realm of Chaos and stuff like that, where it's like roll your randomly generated chaos gifts and... 
yeah if we if we could, if we were going to do that we could totally do a chaos gifts table that was you know be sweet <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's like any piece of armor on there well one of the great things about this table also is that it um it has a lot of the common magic items in it but it also has items that are from very specific books and it gives you could end up with something from um, maybe the Beastman book on a wood elf or vice versa. And it it's it'll give an army that maybe um, maybe it really plays to your strength or maybe it doesn't. And yeah, maybe it has yeah. really no effect. Yeah. But at least just, you get to yeah, play with something you never played with fun. before. And um, I think it was just one of those things that um, was like a hidden gem and people kind of not noticed it in there <laughs> oh yeah this hasn't been discussed much online, yeah well, i really like it there's some stuff that you just can't get in the game and um, that's in here and and i don't think it's going to be unbalancing at all um but you know i look at i'm just going to call one or two out um mm -hmm. so all of the best stuff is at the top of the table from what i can tell um you roll, you roll once to figure out what type of uh, item it's going to be, whether it's a weapon, an ar armor, a talisman, whatever. So is the six different things that could six be a weapon, things it could armor, be. talisman, standard? En enchanted item no, or enchanted arcane, 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 arcane item. Yeah. Mm. I'll get my own banner of the world dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a banner of doom. What does it it's do? It's got a lot of O's in it. It's actually right there in the printing. Uh, unit rerolls all to hit to wound and successful armor saves holy yeah so basically oh re-rolls you, you get re-rolls re to hit re-rolled but you have to re-roll your own successful armor saves or your opponent has to re-roll i would imagine your opponent saves. has to re-roll the successful armor saves. it's all very short uh, mm. so uh, my personal favorite weapon is probably the one at the top plus three attacks plus three strength plus three initiative <sighs> like that <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, there's a bunch of heavy armor that also gives a bun uh, bonus to toughness, like heavy armor plus three toughness, like in that toughness six elf. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to use it in a, in our campaign for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be a fun thing to throw in there. Just yeah, Taylor, Taylor's in a huff. Yeah, like roll up an alley. Hey, you could end up getting Yeah, or or some of the ideas that uh, Ricky and I were banding about earlier is like, what if you you know if you conquered a city, um, you, you get like to roll on the table. It. You ransack it mm -hmm. and you roll on the table. Pretty choice, sweet. choice. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay, mm. cool. Uh, would you get to roll like just on the table, or would it be like? If you conquered a city of beastmen, you get to roll in the beastmen chart? Well, you yeah, could do it like uh, every time you conquer a tile, you roll if it's something you don't want. Because you can only ever have one heirloom in your army, mm. per se. Sure. If it's something you don't want, you can trade that po the points value for it. Because um, most of them are in the book somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. Trade the points value for gold. Oh, yeah. Add that to your gold pool. Something like that. Basically, just yeah. pawn it off. That yeah, makes sense. Just pawn yeah. it. Yeah. Take the pawn shot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a slight discount when you traded in? Yes, yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> they they got to make their cut. Exactly. <laughs> Those knoblars. <laughs> so, I don't think there are any other uh, interesting tidbits for uh, 
Warhammer Fantasy and the White Dwarf this uh, month? Not that I really noticed. Um, there was the Mornfang. Mornfang made the showing for Kit Bash instead of some 40k stuff. So. Oh. But it. Yeah. Um, well, it was nice to see Warhammer get yeah, chosen over 40k cool. for something. Yeah. yeah, it was a. Uh, it was. It was alright. Um, the guys did some cool stuff, but. Um, not to my taste, but yeah. Given that we're talking about White Dwarf, should we touch upon the rumors that are circulating around White Dwarf at the moment, sure. or should we... Yeah, that's fine. Or we, do we have a separate section for that? No, we'll just go right in. We'll kind of roll news and rumors in with one, you know. Mm. <laughs> we'll be nice and accurate, like the Daily Mail. Uh, <laughs> so it seems like just... So what's today, the 9th of January? I think so. It seems like just as of the last couple of days, rumors have started circulating online that this month's physical copy of White Dwarf is the the last White Dwarf as we know it and that after this they're possibly switching to some kind of later weekly publication mm -hmm. possibly so I've heard I've heard a print version oh, okay. possibly too hmm. but just a very a, a thin papery kind of pamphlet kind of thing we'll probably have as much content possibly as supplemented by some kind of monthly publication as well huh. which might this thinking of more of a collector's issue kind of thing yeah. with a lot more photos. This is all just rumors, so who knows, yeah. but... Well, apparently uh, they're going to be making an announcement on Saturday, mm -hmm. so we'll know in a couple of days and we can. it'll all be the buzz at the tournament. Yeah. So next time we podcast... Ricky, did you break White Dwarf? It? I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they put my models in there and it shattered it. Yeah, that triple wounds. Yeah. It just exploded. <laughs> it did. <laughs> so one one thing that's being rumored is that this whole um, change up of White Dwarf is to try and reposition it back towards a, a hobby kind of publication rather than a kind of propaganda for their models publication, which would be great, but I don't know how uh, much. Yeah, it seems to like right that. now it's you know maybe a third hobby and. Two thirds catalog, catalog, yeah. and and you know sometimes there's good stuff in there, like every couple months, and it's always fun. I mean, like for people, the whole reason we do this hobby is because we love the models, so it is fun to see the models. Sure, but but they put them online the same day yeah. they release right. the magazine. Yeah. You can look at the three D pictures and stuff yeah. online. Yeah. So so buying a whole you know ten dollar magazine just to look at the pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, if you just want to look at the pictures, you can go into the Games Workshop and exactly. Look at the Definitely, the biggest great the people models. have with the magazine is that the hobby, the really useful hobby articles, have all but disappeared over yeah. the last few years. Yeah. So if they were repositioning it back towards those, that would be great. Yeah. 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 Here's hoping. Yeah. So related to that, uh, there were a, a bunch of uh, timeline rumors that were published. Uh, four or five months ago that have proven to be pretty accurate so far. Um, and the next Warhammer army was scheduled to be dwarfs, which is going to be next February. month. Yeah. February the 8th, people are guessing it. Yeah. Mm. For the release. Yay. Yeah. That'll be exciting. It uh, would be exciting. And have you seen the people, of, there's a, a rumored uh, list of, box sets online uh, I, haven't, I haven't looked at those yeah, looked those, at those are almost never right so yeah. I don't even bother yeah, I think <laughs> that's wish they, listing they do kind else. of make sense and there's apparently a dual kit hammerers and uh, iron breakers well that one makes total that's kind sense, of makes sense yeah. and it's kind of similar to the dark elves executioners yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, blackguard and then there's um, also rumored for sl uh, troll slayer kit along with um, 
another option to build them as a rare unit called the Brotherhood of Grimnir, oh, which cool. would be kind of also like the um, Witch Elves, Sisters of Slaughter. Huh. Uh, so dual the, kit the Brotherhood would be the, this new unit. The Brotherhood would be like much more badass kind of crazy Slayer unit. Because oh, Demon Slayers and Dragon Slayers weren't badass not badass enough. enough. I don't know, they, they must have some special rules, so keep an eye out and see if that... Interesting. And then the most exciting one is this rumored uh, tunneler slash orc crusher combo kit, which is apparently some kind of massive drilling machine that can go underground and pop Drop up pods for pop doors. up anywhere <laughs> on the battlefield. Yeah. Again, complete rumors, but I've seen it posted a bunch of places. So, well, that we'll could be coming from out. the. Uh, there's images in the Warhammer um, big rule book of a of a tunneler mm. um, that's in the campaign section. Mm. And it talks about, you know, if you have a campaign, you can include cool things like this model yeah. we made. Um, so it could just be, I mean, that could be the source of it. Or it could be that they went, hey, people really like this tunneler thing that we have in the big rule book. Let's yeah. make that a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, at least a month before the Dark Elves came out, people were accurately predicting the Hydra with some kind of sea beast alternative. Yeah. Which came out to be true. So, yeah. Well, could be true. Happens. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Alright, cool. So, uh, related to dwarves, um, Tom, you spotted a, a pretty cool Kickstarter. Um, Ricky and I were looking at it earlier today as well. Yeah, always nice to keep an eye out for Kickstarters and small companies doing interesting things. Uh, this one is from a company called Titan Forge, <clears throat> which is not a particularly small company, actually. They already have um, got three a few interesting lines. Used, yeah. They have one line in particular, which is Undead, Orcs, and Goblins, mm -hmm. which is really some interesting some models awesome. there. That's cool. But this new range they're doing a Kickstarter for is called the Metal Beards. And actually, they had a Kickstarter for something similar a while back, which was a Metal Beard fantasy football Bowl, team, yeah. kind of Blood Bowl team. But in this it. one, they're turning it into a full-scale full fantasy army. Um, and it's, it's called uh, Metal Beard... Metal beard steampunk dwarfs, and it's yeah. kind of little mechanical dwarfs, um, kind of clockwork looking, steam powered, um, that, like steam powered armor, clockwork dwarf. Um, glasses or <laughs> monocle type thing. They yeah. look very cool. They do, and um, it seems like they've kind of tactically positioned this so that the models will become available around about the time the new. Uh, Games Workshop Dwarf book comes out, so... And they've also lined <clears> them <throat> up to kind of mimic the existing Dwarf They units. have. They have ones that definitely are based on hammerers and iron breakers. Yeah. Um, so if anybody did want to go towards a, a kind of different theme with their Dwarfs, a kind of steampunk theme, then it'd be worth checking out when the new book comes out. Yeah, cool. So that's a, that's a Kickstarter with Titan Forge. Titan Forge, metal, the Metal Beards. Metal Beards, okay. Mm -hmm. That should be pretty easy to find. Um, I think the only thing that uh, I want to also mention is that uh, very quietly, what Games Workshop uh, released the digital version of the Warhammer Fantasy Rulebook. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a digital copy of the, the book that comes in the Island of Blood set. So you don't get all of the fluff and uh, modeling and campaign and all that sort of stuff that you get in the big rule book but it is a complete set of the rules um, and the thing I bought it and the reason that I bought it is so that I can search the darn thing how much it's 40 bucks 40 bucks which is not too bad when you consider that if you want to buy the island of blood book on 
uh, eBay. Like it's about 25. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, you know, it only runs on iPad, unfortunately, at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, knowing Games Workshop, they, they do the iPad release first and then uh, the others come a couple of months later. And you can, doing the search is probably the best part because, yes. I, you know, the, the, one of the, the first thing I did actually when I bought it was I searched for the word building uh, throughout the book because there's a whole section about buildings, but then there's also, I think, four or five pockets of little rules dotted around the place where it's like, uh, when cavalry are assaulting a building, they get they off, the, horses they get outside, off their horses yeah. and go in and assault it. Mm -hmm. um, so you mm. don't get any attacks from the mounts. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yes, um, afraid your juggernauts <laughs> cannot attack inside the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but they're frenzied. Bloodletters they have to get off and like, themselves. Yes, they're just going right. to really stand letters. around and foam at the mouth. You so have to <laughs> get off and you have to tie them up. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then so walk on the give, door, give stab them, whoever <laughs> opens it. Give them some so, well, I like that a monster can just walk straight into the building. That's right. <laughs> am I still counted as monstrous cab then? Uh, yes, you are because you can't garrison. You can't garrison. No, but like for the number of for units that can attack. Mm. That's a good point because if they count as monstrous cab, you can only have three attacking. Yeah, you yeah. If three, once they get off, they count like, as infantry, then you can yeah, have ten. And, and they usually, well, they only have two attacks each, yeah. so you can only maybe. send three riders in. Send three riders in, and they're gonna have ten. Yeah, guys so they suck back. for attacking buildings. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Oh no, bring it on. My unit of three can take down ten dudes. So. I don't think actually you, you don't lose your toughness. I don't think you lose your armor or save. your wounds. You just don't get yeah. attacks from. Yeah, you just yeah. won't get the attacks from you. Yeah. Well, okay. That's something to argue really about weird. when it actually happens on the table, I yeah. guess. <laughs> mm. All right. So, I'm going to lawyer really hard for that. So one yeah. question I have I'm about like, this digital like edition, are the uh, things that have been changed via errata or whatever, is that incorporated into the actual rule book? I'm not into sure. the digital I edition. I haven't gone back to see if it is. It would be interesting we to see because it would have been an easy thing for them to do and it would have been nice of them to do it. Just things where in the errata they say change X line to Y line. I think that it, was the goal for it. It would be nice yeah. if they had gone back and done that. I've noticed that with um, my orcs and goblins and my lizardmen both, because I have those as the iBook versions, they occasionally re-download because they've been oh, yeah. updated. And I'm not sure if it's just like some small verbiage or, or what got changed, but something forces it to re-download. So, be nice if they told you. Yeah. Oh, they do actually have it in the release notes on yeah. the... Uh, okay. on the uh, there's a man there's been no substantial changes. So here, here would be a good test. Go to the rules. If you can find the rules on cannons on a... Okay. Let's, let's see what we can find. Uh, this is the one that we were talking about. The one that we were talking about the other day, because there's a rule the in, the, is in the shooting phase of the Exactly, because yeah. there's a rule under firing a cannon that says, remember, you can pivot your cannon before shooting in the movement phase. Yeah. Whereas somewhere else it talks about pivoting in the shooting phase, and then it turns out that line in the rule book was errated later to say pivot in the shooting phase. Yeah. So it would be interesting okay. to see. Shooting, are you saying shooting with war machines or cannons? Just with cannon. it, look specifically under cannon. Okay. Cool. That's cool. Um, okay, so here. I'll let okay, you look. Yeah, let me look. Uh, okay, so while Tom's looking it up, um, I think we've covered off everything else that I wanted to cover for news and rumors. So we've just got the uh, hobby section to do. Okay. Um, 
you wanted to talk about bases for that, right? Movement trays. Or movement trays, right? Yeah. Um, ah, yeah, so it has been updated in the digital edition of the rule book oh, to cool. say the, the nice. right thing. So that's good. I'm glad they do that. have got the yeah. FAQ and the errata, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. not the FAQ. Not the, the FAQ, errata. but so that, all errata. That right there right. makes it yeah. really worth it. And that that's, it really I plan on carrying this around with me at the tournament. So yeah, it seems relevant. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be bringing mine, yeah. for sure. So. That'd be a little easier to manage than the big, yeah, the yeah. big red book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll move on to the hobby section now. I want to talk about movement trays. So, so what brought this up for me was I, I want to have a hobby section every every week, um, or every every podcast. I don't this one. This won't be every week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason I wanted to talk about movement trays is um, partially because of Sparkle party deathmatch right uh, there's a uh, five points available in the painting section for uh, movement trays correct three points is if they are uh, painted to the to the same color as three the, three points is basically for having them and having them at least painted to the same color that you paint the edge of your base the yeah. edge of the base yeah. so if the edge of the base is just black the movement tray yeah. can be black yeah. too. yeah so that 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 would be it. Now that me also means you have to have the three points is for having movement trays for every unit that is more than one model. Mm -hmm. So you know a a unit that's just two um, two swarms technically should have a movement sure. tray with a half inch spacer in there. Skirmishers. Uh, yeah, yeah, skirmishers especially. But of course, on the display board, yeah. you can just, yeah, you can just it, separate them. Yeah. And so and skirmishers is really one of the biggest um, things that I think never really a lot of people haven't wrapped their heads around. Even now, years after seventh edition, um, people still move skirmishers in big mobs and yeah, they're well, they as if they were forty k instead of the formation, you know rank yeah. file with just half inch space. And, and I see that all the time and. That. And so the movement trays help with that, and sure. um, and it also just makes the game so much faster. So, um, so yeah, there's um, so yeah, you you Aiden actually asked me about this the other day because I think he was trying to figure out if he can maximize his paint points, and um, he's like, so, <laughs> power so, painter. So what what is you know the question was what's the difference between a three and a four and a five point base? And so the three point base is do you have the base tray? The tray, yeah, the tray, I'm sorry. The tray, do you have the tray? And is it painted at least that same color as the edges? Could I just base? ask you one quick question sure. about that? What if the movement tray doesn't itself have edges because it's just a mag magnetized Fine. Uh, slip underneath? Then it counts. Then it counts. Because that was your artistic choice to have no edges. Right. Okay? Um, and I did that on my wood elves. That's how my wood elves are based, too. They are a sheet of metal that's primed brown exactly. so that when so I remove it, yeah, one, exactly. it, it's the same color. But, um, you know, that I didn't want edges on my yeah. on my tray. So so if somebody does that, then that counts. Yeah, okay. Because okay? that's, mm -hmm. that's their artistic choice, and I'm trying to be objective about that. Now, um, that means it's going to be hard for them to get yeah, you the fourth really get and the fifth point. There, because yeah. the fourth and fifth point is, did you take the time to add some, maybe a little texture on the edge of that mm -hmm. tray? And, you know, at least give it a dry brush and maybe glue a little flock on there. Right. Okay? That, would be, that would be your four-point tray. That gives you your basic three points and then the extra point for that little bit of extra. Okay. Um, 
the fifth point is when we start getting into things like um, taking the time to sculpt something onto your tray. Right. Did you, um, so for in Aiden's case, um, he has his wood elves. He's putting little waystones and, and rune markers and, and branches in between his skirmishing units and stuff like that. That then becomes a five-point tray. Okay. What a suck yeah. up. I know. <laughs> so, oh man, I need every point I can get. Yeah, so it's, it's just taking, um, you know, the very basic tray um, painted counts as three. Mm -hmm. Adding a little bit of texture, a little bit of, a little bit of extra paint to match how you base the rest of your army. That's one more point. And then Something above and beyond. Something above and point. beyond where you actually wanted to create a frame or try and integrate it into sure. the surrounding or, or whatever it is. So it's similar to like you were saying for the paint scores before it should really reflect the effort that you've put yeah. in there. Yeah, and that's really sure. what it comes down to. So Okay, so, so we covered off actually very quickly, uh, you know, making movement trays is, is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm for rank and file troops, right? There's, there's uh, movement tray kits that you buy at Games Workshop, mm -hmm. and there's also third-party vendors um, that sell them. I've seen them on eBay. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of ones that make them out of wood, kind of nice cut yeah. wood ones. Yep. Um, I've also seen services that will make them to order. Yep. Um, and so, so the that allows you to obviously rank up your troops nice and nice and easily, mm -hmm. uh, wheel them all easily. I mean, it's pretty much an impossible game to play if you don't have movement trays. Right, to, to you're just... moving a horde of forty models. Yeah, it's individually. not fun. It's not fun. Actually, back in the day when I worked at Games Workshop, uh, we had we had uh, painted sheets of plywood where the where the battlefields, so that you could move the models by you know kind sliding. of sliding. <laughs> <laughs> You should have one of those pusher things. Yeah. Like the, the, the little shuffleboard. The, the, the croupier kind of things. So then you have the movement trays. Um, they're, they're pretty straightforward to put together. I don't think that we need to go into any detail there. Well, but. yeah, and you know, people can make movement trays out of cardboard, mm -hmm. um, yeah. cereal boxes. Uh, there's, there's anything. The boxes that your troops come in. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. anything. Um, to, to you know they're, they're, they don't have to be fancy and expensive um, I'm not gonna look for that you can get that three points with a cardboard tray that's just painted yeah you know that's that's but acceptable if you're looking for something a little sturdy though that GW kit is pretty nice yeah, I, think. It is. I really it is. like that kit um, I would also suggest Sarista precision or is it Sarissa I can't ever remember but um, it's one of those two words Sarissa or Sarista and they're, they do the laser cut MDF. And what uh, the best thing about them is they do the skirmish inserts for people. So if you have any skirmishers, they sell these little inserts that can either be glued in or you can pop them in and out because you need to be able to pop them out to rank up oh. whenever you get into combat. And they're just perfect grids of half inch spacing nice. that you can just pop in and out. And, um, That's nice because I have some skirmish trays for my beast men. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember what the company is called, but it's the same cut mm -hmm. MDF. Um, but when you get it, when you're gonna go into combat, you kind of have to take everything out of that. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So having those little up. spacers so, that you can pop yeah. out is really nice. I've yeah. seen some people get around that, that 
need to to squish when you get into combat by putting little decorative uh, things at exactly the point of where you would rank up. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I, I saw it for dryads um, with two little skulls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, once we're in combat, uh, left-hand side is one skull, right-hand side is the other skull. Yeah. Uh, but you just leave them skirmished. Yeah. I think that works okay. It can until you start getting into multi-combat Once you start to lose then, the wounds and stuff, you yeah, maybe don't yeah. squish to the exact yeah, same place. Once you've got I mean, you can always models. just do the math, kind of, when that yeah, comes around. But but the whole point of nice playing the hobby is exactly. it's a visual, visual. visceral mm. hobby, right? So. <clears throat> okay. I think for skirmishes, the the just um, magnetized sheet works really nicely because then you can have them spaced out exactly how you want them and mm-hmm. just squish them in yeah. when you need to. Yeah, what I what I did with mine is is um, I, I, I put texture in the gaps, but just the paint uh, in where the models are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy for me to know, here, just pop them on, on the square. Mm. Um, and I then. See. Uh, it also serves as a reminder to to unrank them after the combat. Sure, because you yeah. have big, I have unfilled squares. Exactly, that you need to fill exactly. Them um, and the <coughs> waystone is kind of bang in the middle and actually works as a handle. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, one of the things. So let's talk a little bit about uh, you know how you can start to get artistic um, with your movement trays. Um, the the first thing that I did was. Uh, with the GW kit, you get the little corners, mm-hmm. and uh, you stick those corners on the sh- the size of base that you need, and then you get edges and stick those and cut them to size. The yeah. So so rather than actually fill in the gaps with any kind of clay or putty or whatever, um, I, I put my texture over them. So for me, it was I just use little tiny stones that you get from like uh, uh, Joanne Fabrics or Michaels mm-hmm. or whatever because they're dirt cheap. Um, just put glue on it, dip it in the stones, um, and then I, I paint it up like moss, um, dry brush it with three or four different colors. And that covers the, 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 gaps. the gaps. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did with my Beastmen. The entire outside of the tray is just done exactly like the tops of my model's bases are, yep. with the gravel dry brushed, and then little patches of uh, snow just all around the edge of that movement tray. Yep. Because my base men have little patches of snow on the tops of their mm-hmm. models. Yeah. So and rather I, than trying to match the edge of the base, you're trying to match the top of the base. So it yeah, looks like yeah. a continuous. That's down. yeah. That's exactly what I was going right. for, and I think that's kind of a very standard. It is pretty standard, yeah. yeah. And that's your four points, right? And yeah, to that'd tie be four back points. To, yeah. to Sparkle Party. So, yeah. so then, um, has anybody seen or done any uh, good examples of of kind of taking it to the next level? Um, because I, I think like for for rank and file troops, that's where I feel like it's it's kind of hard to do without interfering with the game. Yeah, to do something very artistic, you mean? Yeah, outside of outside of just like putting. Because there's the already the problem of when things have movement trays with edges to them, mm-hmm. people often mess up their measuring and start measuring from movement tray to movement tray and getting much longer charges than they should actually get off. Oh, that, that quarter inches, you know. It can make all that difference, man. Especially it can to make dwarfs. all the difference. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen plenty online. Uh, I don't have any off the top of my head, but, you know, they, they really are, like, I've seen people um, do full sculpting, you know, green stuff sculpting of the whole edge. Um, especially, I've seen some demon players who have done that, where they, they make it all 
either slanesh or all nerdily all along the edge, and they're sitting there sculpting it to, and wow, um, wow. you know, yeah. it might only add that quarter inch to the the tray from the actual base to whatever, which is actually you know about the size of some of the standard sure. edges. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I know this uh, Sarissa Precision ones, they those MDF ones. They're actually a fairly wide lip, mm -hmm. and I've seen those. Um, I've seen people um, freehand a lot on there, like patterns. I've seen um, like dwarven braids and Celtic, you know, kind of braids and stuff Rings painted on there. Like that, yeah. yeah, all kinds of really crazy freehand on some of them. Now, uh, I could um, see for Bretonians that could be pretty awesome if you yeah. did like heraldry around the yeah. outside and stuff. So I, I think it's important to say that. For myself personally, I'm a I'm a three point tray person. I've done in the past. I've done five point trays, and like Aiden says, they they interfere with the game too much. Um, you know, I like I like having my I love the painting aspect, but in the end, they're a toy that I want to play with. And if the the tray makes it so that combat can't be cohesive, or that you know models are snagging on each other because the tray sticks up too much or yeah you know people are measuring to the tray and not to the model so if over time my trays have become three-point trays where they're as simple and painted the same color as my as my um, you know base edge but um, I didn't I, I don't want to impose that belief onto mm. people who want to paint Sure. Yeah. their trays to be art pieces of art for their army um, and if somebody wants to spend the time to get that point that you know that fifth point because they feel important to you know really creating this last thing to make right. their unit stand out and be beautiful well, that's the, the thing it will always be the it's really yeah. the last thing yeah. for your army and right? it's gonna, when everything else looks yeah. great already then maybe you want to think yeah. about yeah and there's other ways you can get good. some of those last points there's you know 30 available points so mm -hmm. um can i talk a little bit about how i want to do my movement trace for my lizardman army sure sure, sure. Um, so the display board that i have in, envisioned is actually just outside of a, a pyramid, like a, a temple, Lizardman mm -hmm. temple. Uh, so one side of it, or maybe uh, a corner, will be the temple. And on the ground is going to be um, holy symbols, like the like those little symbols that you see associated with a lot of it. Yeah, with the Lizardman. And I want the 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 movement tray for each of them to be a, a glyph that you see when you look from the top. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one glyph for the whole tray. And then each Lizardman base is going to be one portion of that glyph. Hmm. So that when everybody's ranked up and standing on it, it's the same picture, except it's just covered by miniatures. Yeah. And so as one comes off, it'll still look exactly the same <laughs> underneath. The problem with that oh. is as soon as you as get a pile of dead and then you go to rank up again, they're going to be all scrambled, but yeah. Well, as soon as yeah. you decide you want to run a slightly different sized unit <laughs> in the next game, <laughs> you're going to have to do a But yeah, if you're, you know, if you're doing like a, yeah, an army for like display and fluff purposes mostly. Yeah, then do awesome. it. Very beautiful. What you do is you have like uh, glyphs that have, you know, some long straight lines at the bottom, you know, yeah. so they can be as so long as they need to be. Yeah, I think I think you know if you're gonna do your lizardman as a collection, and you're yeah. like, I, I know that I'm gonna have at least this and this and this, then you can build that to that, and yeah. then 
whenever you're like, oh, I only need half that unit, you just have a separate tray that you pop it off and yeah, put it on. Yeah, sure, exactly. And, uh, you know. Yeah. It's still going to look awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, be beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a pretty yeah. cool idea. That's a really cool, cool idea. Thanks. Okay, so um, I think that's anybody else want to talk about anything on movement trays? I don't even have any yet. <laughs> <laughs> got that? You've got the cardboard from Middle the middle oh, yeah. boxes. Yeah. yeah, I got this. Yeah. All right, cool. So I think that's us done. That's the first episode uh, over and done with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next uh, time we can come back and celebrate our glorious victories at yeah. the tournament. <laughs> or, or commiserate. Or commiserate. Our, yeah. Horrible defeats. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.